Well, this will be the first in a whole bunch of connecting dots that's going to make a major change. This is what we're going to do. Starting this week, we're going to begin reducing the number of connecting dots down to Monday and Friday. So in other words, you start the week off with connecting dots, and then you have your Friday edition, which is, we'll call it the weekend edition. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to go back and do something that we did before, and we'll choreograph these in such a way that there'll be segments. So when you look at your podcast player as well as at dots.fm, we're going to list exactly where you can go to hear the thing you want. So we might do a connecting dots, a short item, a little bit longer item, and you can then, again, curate what you want to hear and we'll break it up. So rather than having, let's say, five items, we might actually have six, seven, eight items but they're all going to be fairly short with an occasional deep dive. We're doing that simply because we've got a lot of traveling, a lot of business expansion, and I think it makes it a whole lot more sense. I mean, come on, if you're really going for a long drive, cool. You got a whole bunch of things to listen to one after another, or you go, Hey, I want to listen to that. I want to listen to this. You can always come back to it. It's just a process of refining things. And that's what we're going to do. So with today's edition, remember to read the disclaimer and always remember, never forget that due to the extensive holdings that we have here as a firm individually and our clients, always assume that there's going to be a conflict of interest. With that, let's go to our first item. So I was noticing the other day some staff people here at our firm, they have children that are in school and it dawned on me today that We really are screwing the children over and have done so for a long, long time. Not just baby boomers, but now millennials and Generation X, all of you people. You're really making a bad, bad series of decisions when it comes to your children. And it goes right back to the school district, to your teachers, and especially these idiotic principals and school board members. Oh, me, oh, my. Let's talk about the school nurse. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid back in the 50s and the 60s, if you got sick at school, guess what you did? You went to the school nurse. Now, I didn't get sick very often, but I do remember one time I got a cold or the flu and I didn't feel good. I think I puked and teacher sent me to the school nurse. And guess what you did? You laid down and you chilled out for a while. And they gave you and they gave you probably some medications, some kaopectic, some peptabismol. They gave an aspirin or whatever. But, oh, geez almighty, if you do that today, oh, no. you're going to go to jail, right? I mean, because everybody is pussified. And I'm going to start calling it the way I see it. I'm not going to I'm not going to sugarcoat Jack anymore. So you laid down. I remember one time I had the chills. She put a blanket on me. And when it was time to go home, guess what? Uh, I was bundled up and I went home. I got rode the bus home. I mean, they didn't, they, they called my mom probably. Uh, but I, you know, you went home, you, you toughed it out. Okay. The nurse was a nurse, took your temperature, blood pressure, did all the stupid stuff you had to do. But today, what do you do? Everybody's got a cell phone. I talk about this all the time. These damn cell phones. I got to tell you, it's just, 
oh, oh, if you got a cell phone, you got to be so, you got to have access to everybody, everything 24 7, nonstop. It's like I have a company that I know, they got rid of their corporate inbox for consumers. And everything now is texting. You you need it's a, it's a financial services company. Just get online and text them. They have this huge giant group of people. But what they're using a lot is robots. They're using these bots, right? That you type a question and it kind of thinks what you're. And we've all dealt with that kind of stuff, right? You go online, you ask a question. You know, there's not somebody on the other line. It's just oh, well, I believe this might answer your question. One, two, or three. It's just oh my god, just trying to drive you nuts. We don't do that here at our firm. Hey, no way, no how. No, I'm not doing that. We got real people answering real questions. They can refer you to things, but here's the way it works. I mean, this is a key thing. Because of that damn cell phone, mommy and daddy, oh, the kid had the sniffles. The kid upchucked a little bit. Oh, we've got to call mommy and daddy because they got a cell phone, and we expect them to come and pick him up. So from my standpoint, I've got somebody who has a kid. What does mommy and daddy do? Oh, the kid's sick. We've got to run and pick the kid up. Really? So here's the thing. Litigation. You know, all these members in Congress and the House and your state houses and Senate. Why don't you guys get your head out of your ass and start doing some things that are a little bit more normal? Put a little bit of a roadblock on all the idiotic litigation. Oh, the kid was sick and a kid died. So what? Your kid died. You're not special. Your kid's not special. You do realize every single person in this world is disposable. It's all of the buttercups of snowflakes. Oh, I can't believe it. Hey, if my kid dies, I'm going to be upset. But I really don't expect you to be upset if my kid dies. It doesn't affect you. So quit personifying. Quit taking on all of the pain of the world and quit getting involved in everybody else's business. Sometimes people just, you know, they die. You don't sue and break the bank of everybody in the world just because your kid was born a defective. It happens. Sometimes kids get diseases. Sometimes, they, I don't know, they get a bee sting and die. Oh, my God. Is that so bad in life? Oh. Yeah. How about having a little bit different world of things? How about we focus on ourselves. I talk about this all the time. Focus on yourself. Get selfish. There is nothing wrong with being selfish. You have to focus on me, me, me. Me yesterday, I got to know who I was. Me today, I got to know who I am. And then me tomorrow, who am I going to be? You don't have to be tomorrow what you are today or what you were yesterday. That's a self-limiting approach to life. So here's the thing. I want you to be, well, do what you like, are good, profitable, and can control. And when it comes to these school nurses, you got to let your kids grow up, for Christ's sake. Oh, me, oh, my. If you don't let your kids grow up, when are, you get, when are they going to grow up? I mean, I have met a lot of people in life. They are just gigantic pussy boys and pussy girls. Just so you know, hey, guys out there, I got news for you. Women, they want real men. Women want a real man who knows how to do things, who knows how to act, who knows how to open a door, who knows how to date properly. Dating doesn't mean you go to Tinder and get banged, okay? Dating means you develop a relationship, you know things. If you got a gal, that's all she wants, that's a piece of trash. You don't want that. What you want is you want people that actually want to develop a relationship. Got news for you, as you get older, you ain't going to look as good as you did. You want people who you can develop a relationship with on a long-term basis. And women, I got news for you. In my opinion, they want a real man. They don't want some soy boy. Oh, I don't eat red meat. I only eat things that have soy in them. Yeah. 
Watch what happens to you, dude. You're going to become a really pussy boy. And again, some women like that. That's all fine. They want to be big man on campus. There's lots of women out there that have lots more testosterone than men. That's fine. But for those of us who, you know, are heterosexual, who we're now the target of everybody in the world, right? We're responsible for all the problems. Oh, no. Stand up for yourself. And when it comes to your kids, again, for all the people that have some say in this thing, let kids be kids. Let kids actually have a life. How about kids growing and learning to deal with bad things? Got news for you. You shelter somebody your entire damn life. You're going to emotionally create, a, you're going to create an emotional cripple, okay? Emotional well-being sometimes means you got to be stoic. If you don't know what that word is, look it up. You got to be stoic. Hey, our current newsletter is dated October 2nd, 2019. If you want to see a sample of it, go to our show notes and you can go to, well, I'll give it to you now. You can go to fixedcostinvesting.com. That's fixedcostinvesting.com forward slash current, C-U-R-R-E-N-T dash newsletter, N-E-W-S-L-E-T-T-E-R. Okay, current dash newsletter. And listen, here's the thing. It does not come out very often. We do a, uh, what I would call a slow newsletter, very infrequent. It's uh, every two weeks and it's not on a real regular basis. We used to do that. Every Sunday it would go out every other Sunday, but Again, sometimes it's nice to be flexible, so it's about every two weeks. And if you take a look at it, you'll see that it's very factual. We'll put uh, what some of the podcasts are, are, are so you can kind of like, oh, I might want to listen to that one or this one or whatever. We're going to put up uh, what our blog posts are. We have on our website five things to think about, and uh, you might want to take a look at those. Those are kind of cool. We talk about a couple of uh, profiles of companies. For example, we talked about Yum, Disney, and uh, Costco. Just gave you a quick little item there. We talk about some red flags. We talk about mindsets. And we do a little thing that I put uh, the gospel according to Paul. The Apostle Paul was a master at uh, being a, uh, he's a great talker. Let's just use that as a good word. He's a great talker. So what I try to do is basically walk a similar path and uh, give you a couple of quotes from myself and others. For example, uh, one of the quotes we have is from Norman Vincent Peale, as you'll see. So anyways, if you get a chance to do that and uh, let's keep going. Well, if you like political intrigue, it is an absolute ball watching what's going on in Washington. Now, look, I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, Independent, or if you're from the planet Zoloff, okay? Here's the thing. You got a president of the United States who, before he even took the oath of office, okay, the guy that got elected, people were doing everything in the world to try to keep him from taking office. You know that. I know that. You know that Shiloh Bluff, Buff or whatever his name is, uh, Whatever he was doing, we will not, uh, he was screaming, whatever he was, we will not retreat, we will not compete, we will, whatever he was doing. I mean, he just, he's a nut, right? Here's the thing. We have a dark state in this country. You do realize that, the deep dark state, CIA, FBI. I mean, if you watch this Comey and Mueller and any of these people, right? 
the people that were with the Obama administration, I mean, the selling of uranium, oh, come on. You know, we had some stuff that was done during the prior administration that make your head scratch. But every administration is like that. You got to go back to, well, it was Eisenhower in his farewell address to the nation. We talked about the military industrial complex. If you haven't heard that, you need to listen to that. You know, sometimes it takes people who are leaving office to call it the way it is. There was a U.S. senator from Georgia who called for the repeal of the 17th Amendment and said that because of the 17th Amendment, the direct election of senators, we upset the apple cart. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, let me give you a a real quick uh, summary on this. The United States was created based upon a trilogy. You have the federal government, you have states, and then you have individuals. Really important to understand that. So when you have the election of the president of the United States, you really don't vote for president. You vote for electors, and the electors go to Washington and cast their ballot. It's a check and balance system that has to exist because you could have, at some point in time, someone who is elected president and vice president, and they don't make it to the inauguration. They could get killed. And that day is coming. It's just a matter of time. I think if it, I think if some people could have killed Pence and Trump, they would have done it. Okay. And I think there are people in government who have lawful authority, right, to carry guns. I think there are some people in the CIA and the FBI, Department of Justice. I think if they could have killed the president and gotten away with it, they had done it. I really do believe that. There are some crazy people in all walks of life. There are doctors who are nuts. There are lawyers who are nuts. You have people who reach the highest levels in the land. They're nuts. Some people are competent, but then they become nuts. So I think that what you've got going on here is if you go back to the military-industrial complex speech, and again, going back to the 17th Amendment, I mean, a lot of things got really screwed up during the term of Woodrow Wilson. So the 17th Amendment calls for the direct election of U.S. senators. That's so bad because senators should be appointed by the governor or by vote of the Senate in your house, uh, in your states, or by the by your members of the lower legislature. They, they need to be appointed in some way, shape, or form. And what happens is you tend to get elder statesmen and women, people who are really deeply connected to your state. Listen, Hillary Clinton's a carpetbagger. She moved to New York and she spread the love and she became a U.S. senator. You have people that actually, oh, and, and she's not the only one. Remember you had, um, oh, who was it? Uh, you had that gal that ran for U.S. Senate in California. I don't remember her name. Oh, Carly Fiorona. And then you had uh, the one who runs, uh, I can't think of her name. She's running another company. I mean, you have these, these carpetbaggers that move in. They have lots of money. Uh, Meg Whitman, that was who it was. I mean, they're not from that those areas. And they just move in and they decide to run. And so we have, okay, the Republicans and Democrats. And then you have your independents who tend to break both Republican and Democrat. But then you come down to the dumbest among us who wind up on these close elections actually putting people in office. So by eliminating, again, the appointment, states don't have any representatives, and that's the reason why states' rights, the 10th Amendment, has been destroyed because of the passage of the 17th. And I realize 99% of the population out there is dumber and sacks of shit, and they're going to say, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, I do. I'm a subject matter expert on this. Go stick it up your nose and, and smoke it so or snort it. Here's the thing. It's the House of Representatives, which is the people's house, okay? You vote directly for those people. 
Ta-da. Now, if we have a president, a presidential election, and it's divided, right? The, the, the members of the, uh, of the uh, Electoral College can't decide. Why is it being decided by the House representatives? So you've got to understand there's a reason for things. There's a reason why when you have a publicly traded company, you have the executives that run the company, right? The C-suite. And you have the employees. Oftentimes, employees are not represented because we can't have unions in this country. No, you can't have unions. And the problem is when you don't have unions, you don't have a single voice to speak on behalf of a lot of people. And there's a lot of problems with unions, lack of representation, fraud. It's so easy to fix. But again, when you have employee representatives, it's a lot easier on management, especially when you're trying to accomplish things and you have shareholders. Now, I got news for you. They have this thing called stakeholders, which is a bunch of crap. Stakeholders are, okay, I live in a housing development near this plant, and I should have a say about what the plant does because I live nearby. No, you don't. I don't give a damn about you. I'm running my business. My business is for one reason and one reason only, is to profit the shareholders, okay? I can't abuse my workers. There's laws, rules, and regulations, and if I'm a real jerk, they're not going to do the job anyway, so I need to treat them properly to enhance shareholder profitability. And if I'm a CEO of a company that I did not, I was not the founder of, guess what? I should not be paying myself these exorbitant, obnoxious compensation packages, and that's what the board of directors is supposed to be doing. They're supposed to have a check and balance, but hey, I'm the CEO. I get to point whoever I want on my board of directors. It's a rubber stamp. Guys, here's what you should be doing right now. You should be saying, this guy Truesdell knows what the hell he's talking about, and you should be a client of our firm. Because that's one of the things that we do by having individual securities, fractional share ownership. One of the things we do is I vote against most of these compensation packages, 99% of them, because these guys make too damn much money. You do realize that the CEO is nothing more than an employee. They start getting all these stock options. They start manipulating stock prices because they can make more money in their options. I got to tell you, going all the way back to Glass-Steagall, going back to a bunch of laws that were passed during the Bill Clinton administration, and Republicans went right along with it, this country is royally screwed up. So Trump wants to investigate the Bidens. I don't blame him one bit. Something stinks there, and he wants China and Ukraine to investigate? Of course he wants to, because the guys that we've got running the show, oh no, they're crooked. You know that, and I know that. Telemedicine is definitely something that's going to increase as we continue our discussion about healthcare. One of the big problems, and we just discussed this in our office, is the fact that as our nation becomes more urbanized, there is a lack of health care in rural areas. So more and more people are moving to the cities away from the traditional Midwest and people like former Mayor Bloomberg, who scoffs at those who live in the Midwest or in rural areas as flyover states, more and more people are suffering from lousy health care because medical doctors and the cost of medicine, medical licenses, all the insurance, the cost of schooling, they can't afford to work there. So we have some real problems that could be solved if the government wanted to, but nobody wants to. You know that, I know that. So one of the issues is telemedicine. Now, the problem is we have people out there who have done some really bad things. And when I say that, 
It's just completely unethical business practices. So we had a group called Video Doctor Network, whose CEO has pled guilty to one of the largest healthcare fraud schemes ever investigated by U.S. authorities. So the problem is with, again, telephone or video telemedicine, here's the thing. It is something that really is needed, but it opens the door for scumbag doctors and business owners who own medical practices to basically get illegal kickbacks, to overbill for Medicare and Medicaid. You just get your people to keep calling in and one after another after another. It just keeps one. It just keeps going. For example, this fellow, Joseph DeCorso, he's 62 from Toms River, New Jersey. He pled guilty to taking part in a $13 million fraud scheme. And he was just one of 23 that were charged recently in April. Now, this is according to a Justice Department press release. So again, every time you do something, there's always going to be a negative consequence to it. And telemedicine has definitely got options that people should consider. But at the same time, there's going to be issues. And these are the kind of things we discuss all the time here at Fixed Cost Financial because connecting dots is what we do. Here at Fixed Cost Financial, one of the things I will never do to you is to BS you. I call it the way it is, even when it's not, quote, politically correct. Why? Because facts are facts. And those who, well, live with rose-colored glasses, that's a phrase that used to be popular years ago. You know, people just sometimes get themselves into the worst situation because they will not admit as to what exactly is going on. Oh, me, oh, my. So U.S. marriage rates are at a 150-year low. And a study by the Journal of Marriage and Family, don't know what that is. They've discovered that women, yes, ladies, you do not find men attractive if they make less than you. Now, a lot of people have danced around the topic, right? Oh, you want the bad boy. Oh, you want the older guy. Oh, you want the man who's making, you know, he, he's an artist and everything else. You know, the reality in life is, I mean, people want to have some decent looks and all that. But women want to marry men who have the same education or more, but they also want a man who makes more money than them. Okay. Now, I got to tell you, a Pew poll, P-E-W, found that 71% of American adults said it's really important for a man to be able to support his family financially in order to be a good husband or partner. So doing the dishes, raising the kids, being there while your wife is... A CEO of a company, thats you've got to realize that's the rare bird. So it makes sense that when you look at what's gone on in our nation demographically, how jobs have changed, who has gone to college, who hasn't gone to college, who is becoming a nurse, who are becoming doctors, it's pretty obvious and what's going on, yeah, if, if these things are the case, no wonder you have men and women turning to things like sex dolls. I mean, that is a literally an industry. I'm not going to invest in it, but I can tell you, I've, I hate to say it, but it's probably a growth industry. Ah. Yeah, it's not an industry that, well, somebody's going to make money on it. I mean, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So the bottom line is, If you are a single man and you focus on your job and making really decent money, you have a higher probability of landing a nice lady to get married long term. So all of this social engagement and, you know, not being so uh, manly, 
it's the high achievers that studies are showing that's the case. Why is that something we should talk about here at Fixed Cost Financial? Oh. We should talk about it because demographics is a really important thing. Who's having babies? Who's not having babies? Future babies become, well, babies become adults. They can become teenagers. They buy things. Things change. So it's all about following the trends, doing the forecasting, and using the facts and figures as efficiently as possible. There is a company called Authentic Brands Group, LLC. Okay, It's uh, based in New York City, and it is a brand management company. And they have various apparel, athletics, entertainment brands. One of them happens to be Sports Illustrated. Now, Sports Illustrated is a company that, well, years ago when I was a kid, I would read Sports Illustrated. The magazine began operations on August 16, 1954. And actually, it goes back even kind of further than that. When you had a fellow by the name of Stuart Sheffield, who created Sports Illustrated with a target market for sportsmen. And so it kind of really evolved, and then it kind of grew golf, tennis, skiing. And then you had, of course, boxing and and, uh, motorsports and all different kinds of balls, basketball, baseball, football, etc. And, of course, you have your Sports Illustrated models and all of that, right? Came a full color um, production back, I think, around in uh, was it 1967, I think it was. So that's the thing that maybe 1965 with offset printing, I think it became color. But Sports Illustrated is uh, probably one of those, uh, another magazine that's destined for the sports heap. In other words, just like you have um, uh, different retailers that are going defunct, different uh, newspapers that are going defunct, Sports Illustrated will probably go out of business as well. Why do we say that? Well, because about 40 people were cut from Sports Illustrated, according to an article in the Wall Street Journal on Thursday. And the layoffs are effective immediately. And um, it's a big deal. Basically, about half the people have been told they're done. For example, one of the staff writers, Tim Rowan, uh, he's a, uh, again, a, a real regular for Sports Illustrated. He confirmed it. He lost his job. Here's the thing. It's heartbreaking, but let's kind of go and talk about this for a second. Where do you get most of your sports from? You get it online. You have ESPN. You have these talking heads. Sports Illustrated could have stayed current and used technology efficiently and effectively. They simply lost it. Yes, They write stories, they have high standards, solid journalists, including uh, freelancers and various bloggers. But the reality in life is there's a lot of people who can write and who are bloggers who give opinions who are pretty good. Everybody who has a phone now has a camera in their pocket and not just something cheap, pretty high quality. The world has changed. And quite frankly, rest in peace, Sports Illustrated, I'll just say it ahead of time, because they are destined to be done. Well, you've got a problem if your name is Robert De Niro. You got slapped with a gender discrimination lawsuit on Thursday by a former female executive assistant, a lady by the name of Graham Chase Robinson. Now, she accuses Robert De Niro of abusive, sexist comments, and he just has a, a new movie that's coming out. He's in The Joker, and he's in The Irishman. And so what we did is we did a little little research on this. 
One of the things that we found is that basically everybody in Hollywood who has in the past screamed bloody murder over abusive, sexist engagement, they're quiet. There's nothing being said. This Me Too crowd is completely shut down. So she claims that after years of gender discrimination and harassment, that she quit because she could no longer take the hostile work environment. She wants $12 million. Now, in the complaint, it contains a link to a profanity-laden voicemail that De Niro reportedly, again, left her in which he just went nuts. Uh, How dare you effing disrespect me, for example, was one of the things that he said. Now, she claims that he never imposed what he imposed on her on men that worked for De Niro, that his behavior is inappropriate, demeaning, abusive, intolerable, and he has to be held accountable. Well, here's the thing. Where's all the other actors and actresses who have literally gone nuts? And I will tell you, if you follow this guy, which we've done, because when you look at who owns movie companies, you look at the shareholders, you look at the institutional investors, you look at the funds, mutual funds, ETFs, pensions, everything else. You know, the entertainment industry is a big industry. Not just it's not just a bunch of people who, you know, got some simple cameras and made the Blair Witch Project. There are those odd successful things that pop up, but it's a big money operation. So we were real interested. Would there be a piling on with him? Okay, not a, not a word. It's dead silence. Find that really interesting. Now, why is that important? Because one of the things we talk to you all the time about, I'm always preaching this, you can't believe everything you read. You just can't. Don't believe everything. You can't even believe 5% of what you read. And even if you see it, it might not be the case. The augmentation of reality, okay, is becoming really huge. And one of the things that you got to sit back and look at is like, does it pass the smell test? So for example, one of the things we'll be talking extensively with our clients, with you guys, our clients, we'll be talking extensively about this Schwab and Ameritrade and TD, all this zero cost trading that they've come out with. And we're going to explain in great detail, again, in your inbox, okay? We're not going to do it for the public. We're going to go through your inbox, and you'll be able to go through, oh, I see what's going on. There's no such thing as a free lunch, okay? That's an important thing to always remember and never forget. Oh, me, oh, my. There is no such thing as a free lunch. Oh, no. There is no such thing as a free lunch. So as a result, when they're doing zero, all they're doing is obfuscating what the real costs are. And this is a trend that's been going on for a long time. So we talked a little bit about how to explain it, how to use the Kmart blue light special. Again, how you shine, uh, you take a shiny object and, and, you know, hey, Waldo, look at the shiny object. You know, years ago, I'll tell you a real quick little item. We call it Rodney, R-O-D-N-E-Y. Rodney is a thing that we use as a pejorative. Now, if your name is Rodney, don't get offense to this. But my dad, years ago, there was a whole bunch of us in the neighborhood, a whole bunch of us guys. And we had a fella in the neighborhood who had failed several grades. He big, tall drink of water, very muscular. He was a kid who was always causing problems, okay? A little bit slower than everybody else. And then he matures a little bit quicker than everybody else. 
So, you know, again, like when we were in, oh, I don't know, fifth grade, Rodney should have been in like eighth or ninth grade, okay? We had a guy in high school, Mark, who when we were all just starting to get, uh, we were starting to go through puberty, hell, he was already shaving. He should have been graduating college at the time when we were all, so you get the, you get the point, right? He was like one of those uh, migrants that comes in and says that they're 12, but they're actually in their 20s. I swear to God, you know, that's, you can't make this stuff up. But my dad said, you know, Rodney, if you had half a brain, let me repeat that. Rodney, if you had half a brain, Rodney, if you had half a brain, you'd be dangerous. Oh, man, we died laughing. We fell over laughing so hard. It wasn't funny. It was just the greatest thing since white sliced bread. And the guys and the gals in the neighborhood, even the even the girls, <laughs> they just fell over laughing. Well, Rodney got upset. And uh, he left. We still had to deal with Rodney occasionally. But this guy was, well, it is what it is. So Robert De Niro, okay, Robert De Niro has been blasting Donald Trump, called him everything you can possibly in the book, right? He's one of the Hollywood, we hate Trump thumpers, right? He's just a, he's just a tub thumper. We hate Trump. But now, now he's got a lawsuit and they're saying that his suit against her, okay, his countersuit, is just a naked act of retribution and intimidation. Where's everybody who, you know, is coming up to defend her? Silence. You know, legal issues can be really expensive and costly. And not everybody has a position like I have where I have attorneys on staff who handle everything for me for my business as well as personal. An attorney who has attorneys, I get that, right? It's kind of funny. And I always employ people in the area of litigation or absolute pit bulls. And I'm, I'm one of those people that if you come after me, I will never stop coming after you until I put you in the ground. It just is what it is. And I always say the same thing. I'm the guy you never want to cross. I'm the guy you want as your best friend because... I'm the guy that plays it straight. But every once in a while, you get some ding-dongs in life, or you just get things that kind of come up you need some assistance on. Now, everybody, in my opinion, should have a good family attorney, especially an estate planning attorney, okay? I really do believe in that. And you ought to have somebody that is a litigator that you can handle things with. And if you're in business, you need a business attorney. So, you know, people have to have specialists. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But frankly, about 90% of the people out there, they, they don't have the financial wherewithal to have that kind of an organization behind them. Like I said, legal issues can be costly. Now, there's an organization out there, and I receive no form of compensation from. It's called Legal Shield. And I've got a fellow who I have talked to extensively about Legal Shield. And his name is Todd Hall. And Todd has really given me some insight into this area that, to be very blunt with you, is not something I paid a lot of attention to for the obvious reasons. But Legal Shield has things like 24 7 emergency legal access, right? You get a speeding ticket, what do you do? They help in review contracts and document reviews, IRS audits. They'll do some basic living wills and, and uh, basic family documents. I'm not necessarily 100% convinced that's a smart way to go because we'll talk about that later on. But hey, something is better than nothing. I know that a lot of people will not use the attorneys that I use in the estate planning area because they just don't, they can't get over that hurdle. They have uh, unlimited cons- consulting that uh, you can get on the, online and, and talk with these people with. And Legal Shield, along with a couple of the other programs they've got out there, makes a, a lot of sense. You know, they have a small business plan. You want to incorporate and you want to start a business and, you know, how you get things squared around, again, uh, your different agreements. I got to tell you, it just, it seems to make a lot of sense to me to have 
something up your sleeve. Because here's what I do know. A lot of people don't put money away into rainy day funds. Now here at Fixed Cost Financial, you know that we do what we call silo investing. If you, for example, say, you know, Paul, it makes a lot of sense. I don't want to do this legal shield thing I, or, or any of the others that are out there, but I'm going to put away uh, $25, $1,500 a month, every month. And in case I need something, it's there. So let's just use without any interest or rate, any growth, $100 a month, $1,200 a year, right? Okay. So you do that for, let's say, uh, 10 years, that's $12,000. Again, no interest rate growth. And something comes up that can go pretty quickly. So you might want to always do what I say, and that is accept the amount of risk that you want to accept and then transfer the amount of risk that you want to transfer within your financial means. So doing something in combination, having an investment silo where you're putting monies away, but at the same time, having some kind of a protection program makes a lot of sense. If you have any questions, give us a call here at 212-433-2525. That's 212-433-2525. I'm going to get Todd on one of these days. We're going to have a little conversation about Legal Shield and some of the other things that they have to offer. Again, we don't, this, this is not a, uh, we're not sponsoring this. We're not being paid for this. I like to share information when it comes across, I think is really worthwhile. So we'll put Todd's information in the show notes for you. But the bottom line is, think about it. Remember what I always say, accept the risk that you can accept and transfer the risk that you really should transfer. Okay. It's all about, it's not necessarily an all or nothing. It's about doing things uh, intelligently. Back in the 1990s, my office building was located in a little city called Dunellen, Florida. It was in a strategic location, and then it was near the rivers, it was near the state forest, and uh, it was in a historic district. We restored a historical building, pretty cool. And it was easy to get back and forth to Ocala and down the Crystal River and over to Orlando and Tampa, but as traffic got to be worse, we had to move and moved into Ocala and built another office building, actually two additional office buildings. But back when I was in Dunellen, I had a physician as a client. He talked to me extensively about his research. He was Filipino and he was retired and he was talking about genetic research that he had done. He was talking about a friend of his who had a breakthrough when it came to genetics. And he talked about how they identified a gene in dogs, specifically Domaroon pinchers and Labradors. And what happened was he said that there was a very specific gene that was a single strand, a gene on the dog's 12th chromosome. I had to say, okay, what are you talking about? So he went through and talked about the double helix, went through the whole nine yards with me and how they had refined this down because dogs, you can breed them fairly quickly. And they were able to find a dog and then they had other dogs that also were from this dog and they kept breeding them until they, okay, all of these dogs suffer from narcolepsy. So these Doberman pinchers and these Labrador retrievers were bred specifically to make sure they had narcolepsy and one thing led to another and they found a the codes for a protein that kind of like juts out from the surface um, of these brain cells and it basically, it's a defective version of, of these genes. And this goes back into, I believe it was 19, 1999, 1998, 1997, somewhere in that time frame. And I was fascinated. I was just absolutely fascinated with the thing. Now, people that suffer from narcolepsy, they, they're accident prone. And a lot of people don't want to issue driver's license to these people because they're 10 times more likely to get in car accidents. 
And it's also anticipated about one out of every oh, 2,000 people have narcolepsy to some degree. You might have met somebody that, well, they can just fall asleep on a dime. They get tired, close their eyes, they're out. Okay, it might be kind of a form. I'm not going to go into that. It's not, not what I'm here today for. But here's what I do know. That is something that dramatically affects what I want to talk to you today about. And something I've been talking to clients about and really just spitting in the wind. The importance of having a good quality, variable life insurance policy on children. Now, we don't do that. You do understand that we do not sell insurance. That's not what we do. Now, as an investment advisor, I can tell you absolutely unequivocally beyond exclusion of every reasonable doubt, we help our clients obtain no-load variable life insurance policies. There are several companies out there. I have them on me. I have them on my spouse. I have them on my children. I'm, I'm, I'm big into that for a variety of different reasons. But I always said years ago, especially to retirees, you want to give a gift to a grandchild, go ahead and get for the grandchild a single premium variable life insurance policy. Have the ownership put inside of an irrevocable trust, let the thing kind of run so the kid can't get to the thing when they become an adult because it's just an amazing tool. In addition to which, because of technology, the unraveling of the genome, how things are progressing, the day may come when insurance becomes a luxury. You can tell so many things from it. How many people did it? I don't think anybody did. Nobody really cares about their grandkids. Oh, they'll give gifts. They'll give money. People that are retired who have a little bit more money, they'll give something financial in order to get back some love for now. But this long-term, you know, creating trust and creating long-term financial independence doesn't serve you now. A kid, who's, a kid who's five years old, oh, congratulations, Johnny, you got a million-dollar trust fund. It means nothing to him. Give Johnny a little sucker, a pat on the head, a big hug, and a pretty pony, and Johnny's a happy camper. He's going to love on you all day long. So it's all the emotional thing. But what's going on in the medical industry is what should doctors be telling their patients about the results of DNA testing? See what I mean? Oh, no. Yeah, there's a problem there because... One of the problems is that, well, disease-causing genetic variants that we all have, some have heart disease issues, breast cancer. I mean, we've had women, we, we, there's lots of stories of women who have had their breasts removed because they have the gene and it's killed mom and grandma and lots of other people. It's just get rid, you know, end it now. There are also obviously some genetic markers for things like Alzheimer's and Lou Gehrig's disease. So here's the question. Do we tell people or do we keep them in the dark? That's a really key question. And I have basically struggled with this myself because from an investment standpoint, I know this is something that we're going to have to talk about at some point in time. In other words, the risk of causing undue anxiety can be a killer. Um, Sometimes ignorance is bliss. In addition to which, what we're looking at from an investment standpoint is we're looking at individualized medicine, very specific cocktails that are created to go in and fight whatever's going on. I mean, Jimmy Carter, president of the United States a few years ago, I mean, he's 95 and he had a very bad form of cancer, but of course, you know, he's got uh, the wherewithal and people, you know, maybe got lucky, but you know, he beat cancer at a very elderly age in life. And you can't tell me there wasn't some very unique specialized medical treatment going on there. So DNA, DNA sequencing, okay, 
it's really creating an awful lot of information. Now, always remember what I say. Oh, me, oh, my. Garbage in and garbage out. So we've got a lot of information going in. It doesn't mean that everybody knows what the hell's going on. We're actually collecting data faster than people can kind of figure out what's going on and interpret. That means a lot of us are going to die. Oh, no. Before the solution, before the cure is found. But it raises a question for doctors and scientists and ethicists who are performing these scans. It's exactly how much do you tell the patient? Now, I deal with this in the financial services industry. You say, well, wait a minute. How are you doing? How are you bridging that thing? Okay, is it medically actionable? You know, in other words, can we do anything about it? Is it really of a level that is worth discussing? I'll give you a good example. I have people all the time. They can't save a pot to pee in, okay? I meet people all the time. Uh, Paul is a guy, I've, I've never met a stranger. Oh. Yeah, I enjoy talking to people. I learn. And then when I get done, I always take notes. But most people, you know, you say to them, listen, you want to get ahead in life, you got to get your head squared around. If you want to get ahead in life, you got to get your head squared around. And that's why we have this thing for clients called Minting Millionaire Mindsets, 3M. And millionaire status is just not what it used to be. So, if you, but we're going to keep that phrase, Minting Millionaire Mindsets, you got to have your head in the game. So yeah, it might be fun to talk about what a charitable remainder trust is and how you can use that with a foundation and how you can do asset protection planning using the Isle of Man or a Bahamian trust or South Dakota or Nevada corporations, blah, 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 all that stuff, right? It might be fun to talk about options, puts and calls, but when you don't have a pot to pee in, okay? It's just a waste of time and effort. It's not financially actionable material. So as a result, if we have a client who has a roadway account and they've just opened it up, they're just starting to put money in, we're more focused on building strong habits that will lead to success. We don't need to overwhelm somebody and then they check out. And I've I've done that to people. I've had staff that have just, they were pretty solid, but we gave them too much too soon and they we lost them, Okay. So is it medically actionable? That's a big thing. There's so many disease-causing variants out there. But the reality is people with money will always get the better treatment. I don't care what you do for healthcare. If they go ahead and say, you know what, everybody has to use the same health care in the country, and you're going to see people getting on planes and getting the hell out of here to get good medical treatment someplace else, just like we have today. Lots of people come from all around the world to get here for treatment, okay? So here's the thing. How do you balance worry, undo worry about a disease that you may not even get? So the responsibility or scientific truth is clean, clear communications. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. So the fiduciary standard when it comes to medicine is exactly the same as the fiduciary standard when it comes to investing. People don't talk about this stuff. That's why you're listening to Connecting Dots because we are connecting dots. You're going to go home, have a cup of coffee, have a glass of iced tea, get a glass of water, have a drink. I don't care. Have a beer. Sit down and talk with family, friends, neighbors, relatives, and coworkers about these issues. Because the political discussion, the economic discussion, the investment discussion that most people have is so pathetically low, you will look like a rocket scientist if you raise the level of discussion just a little bit, and it helps our world be a little bit better off. You see, you have to have a high-quality trust in whoever you're dealing with, and to do that, you have to be conflict-free. That's why dealing with a true fiduciary-based investment advisor is absolutely critical. Also, you got to understand that the drug development in the world, again, some people are going to take a drug, they're going to die. I saw there is to it. You know, not everybody is going to get the cure. So we have to kind of figure out, you know, to what level of 
litigation and responsibility do we have? It's kind of like, you know, Elon Musk wants to bring a whole bunch of people to Mars. And yet we have this article, which I'm not going to talk about right now. In fact, we're going to wrap this thing up pretty soon. Elon Musk has a this woman who's an ethicist saying, oh, this is terrible. It's a one-way trip. People are going to die. People are people. They could have problems on the spaceship. We may pollute Mars. Like, I, I, Lord, I'm going to use a bad word, so here's a trigger warning ahead of time. I shit you not. She is actually worried about polluting Mars, okay? We're going to pollute Mars. And if they come back, what will they bring back to us? Okay. You know, if we had these kinds of thoughts, we would still be living, well, my family would still be living in Lincolnshire, okay? We'd be living in Boston. We're from Boston, by the way. But not Boston, Massachusetts. My family's from Boston, but Boston in Lincolnshire. Where in Lincolnshire? In England. That's where we come from. We can trace our family history back to the 900s. So, hey, guess what? We have a good family history that if we could have gotten all the human geomes from everybody, we'd probably know exactly how long we're all going to live. There's about 1.5 million people have had everything sequenced. Between now and around, oh, the next five or six years, it's going to increase to anywhere from 13 to as high as 17 million people. Massive amount of research. And what it's doing is, is it's causing people now to go into an industry like genetic counseling. So you have weaker links to certain diseases, stronger links to other diseases. We mapped the genome way back and going, like I told you, it's, it's 2003, but I had a doctor who was a client who told me all about this back in the 90s. But here's the thing. Do you remember the movie, A Few Good Men? Do you remember Jack Nicholson at the very end of the movie? Tom Cruise is chewing him a new butthole, and, and Jack Nicholson, he finally gets him, right? He, he loses it. What does Jack say? You can't handle the truth. You can't handle the truth, right? It's just like the president of the United States. We have people in the United States today, they can't handle the truth because when you're president, you need to have conversations. You need to talk about things that you just can't talk in public about. But all these politically correct puppy dogs, oh, I can't believe he said something. Of course, there's going to be issues out there. Everybody's got a video. You know, years ago, and I'll go back in time, back in the 1970s, more than a few times, I caught kids doing things they shouldn't have done, and I scared the crap out of them. They caught scared straight. You can say, hey, that wasn't your job. Really? Uh, mom and dad get a divorce. Dad has bailed out. The kids are, are minors. They don't have any real father figure. Mom's doing the best she can. The kid's smoking dope. I arrest the kid. Instead of taking him to jail, we used to be able to call mom. Mom gets there. I whisper in her, her ear, what's going on? She, she's like terrified. Oh, my God, I can't believe my kid's doing it. I need help. I said, I can scare the crap out of them. Please do it. So I put my hands around his throat and say, basically, one day you're going to meet me. I'm going to strangle you and break your goddamn neck if you don't knock this shit off. You know what? I had actually moms and dads and kids that contacted me years ago and said, thanks. You know, I, I made a real difference in somebody's life. You can't do that anymore. You can't do that because everybody's a puppy dog. Oh, everybody's sensitive. So what's the point, Polly? The point is, you see the problem that you have with doctors? Everybody's so damn sensitive. Oh, you told me I had a... I had a 50% chance of getting getting cancer, and I didn't get it. You lied to me because people don't understand statistics. If I say to you there's a 90% chance of rain, okay, and we don't get rain, you do realize that 90% is not a guarantee. But people, unfortunately, and this is something we study as forecasters here, because when I say things, I've got to be very careful how we say it. We understand forecasting, okay? But most people don't. I mean, really don't understand it. It's like uh, that book, you know, Thinking in Bets. Great book. I'll talk a little bit more to you about that. But here's the thing. 
Just because it's a 55% chance doesn't mean it's going to happen. Just because it's a 90% chance doesn't mean it's going to happen. If somebody says there's a 100% chance that's going to rain, it's probably already raining. If somebody says there's a 99% chance, you do realize there's a 1% chance you might not get it. Doesn't mean it's a guarantee. So the problem that we have in the medical industry is just exactly like you have in the financial industry. You can't use the word guarantee. A contract, oh, you can write, you know, if you have a person, they buy, let's say, a water softener and they have a guarantee, it's in writing. It's not a guarantee. We can't use the word guarantee. The word guarantee has been turned into a pejorative, just like certain words now to say, hey, I'm proud to be an American is a pejorative. If you say, I'm a nationalist, it's a pejorative. People don't, in fact, I guarantee you, not you guys, because you guys who are listening to me, you understand it. But most of the ding-dongs out there, they say the word pejorative, they got no idea what I'm talking about, okay? It means take a word and you completely turn it upside down the opposite. You know, good is bad, bad is good, I don't know. Black is white, white is black. I don't get the whole nine yards anymore. So you can ha- understand, you know, you have physicians who meet somebody like me. If I've got a medical condition, to be real blunt with you, they've always been blunt. This is what we got going on because, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not the average cat. I need to know what's medically actionable. And from a genetic standpoint, I want to know. I I do. But on the other hand, if it's such a low probability, eh, whatever. I'm not going to worry about it. Most people aren't hardwired that way. Most people are not hardcore, cold, hardwired that way. As an investment advisor, I am. For most people, it's like Jack Nicholson. You can't handle the truth. That does it for today. Thanks for joining me. I'm Paul Truesdell with Fix Cost Financial. You can reach us by phone by calling 212-433-2525 between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern. Again, that's 212-433-2525. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube. But ideally, for links, notes, PDFs, videos, and more to this podcast, well, simply go directly to FixCostFinancial.com and click on the blog or podcast links. For quick reference, and this is easy to remember, simply type dots.fm. That's dots.fm. Isn't that cool? And you'll land right on our podcast page. Now visit Fixed Cost Financial, the home of fixed cost investing, where it's better because it's simple and works. Break the mold and do it today. All rights reserved. Reproduction or use without written authorization prohibited without written authorization. Well, this is our bonus segment for today's episode. How do you like that? This is a, a new format that we're going to be doing. And in this format, it's kind of designed so that you can go back and you can listen and you can say, hey, I listen to one. I want to listen to that chapter or that segment, Okay of the uh, the show. So again, kind of cool. We did this originally. We try to keep everything real short, but if I look at everything, for example, the item on scientific truth in your DNA, that's 17 minutes and 47 seconds long. With the item on the school nurse, that's seven minutes and 20 seconds long. All of the rest of them are four, six, three, 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 two, and two minutes long. So we're keeping in line with our deep dives a little bit combined with our bite-sized bites. We're going to do this as a format. So Friday is kind of like the roundup of the day. And then uh, what you'll have, we're, we're going to get these up probably more early on Friday. The next Friday, it'll go up about 6 o'clock in the morning. And then 
On Monday, it'll be what happened over the weekend, and there'll be a couple of extra items that will do that as well. But that's the format that we've got going on. I think it's kind of cool. Now, one of the items I had the other day is I ran a, a episode, um, and I had a little bit about uh, Jerry Maguire, and uh, I thought that was kind of neat. Today, I want to talk about and finish up with uh, Kevin Costner in a movie called Swing Vote. And I want you to listen to this, and when we're done, we're going to chat a little bit about, about it, and then we're going to get out of here. What do you say? I know that the world is watching, maybe even laughing. People on my own TV are saying that America somehow deserves this moment. I guess that means me. I can't say that I've been much of anything most of my life. It's sort of like somewhere along the way I I checked out. And it's not like I had big dreams to begin with, but I had... I had something once, something close to faith or hope or whatever whatever word you want to use for how good life could be. But then the years, they start moving quicker and all of a sudden what's going good out there for everybody else, it ain't, it ain't going so good for you. But tonight I feel um, embarrassed. I've had my chances more than most. I've grown up in a country where if I decided to do more with my life than just drift and drink, that I could be standing where where maybe you stand tonight. Instead, I've taken freely and I've given nothing. I'm ashamed in front of my daughter and my country. I've never served or sacrificed. The only heavy lifting I have ever been asked is simple stuff like, you know, um, pay attention, vote. If America has a, well, if America has a true enemy tonight, I guess it's me. Tonight, a below average man's gonna choose between two exceptional men. Tomorrow, one man's vote's gonna make a difference. Because tomorrow we're going to have a president and not just someone to fill a chair in Washington. We need someone who's bigger than their speeches. The kind of president we learned about in school and we still cared. America needs a big thinker. You know, like a giant, really. Someone that has a good sense to get in front of our problems. Somebody has the wisdom to lead us to a place where we're at peace with ourselves and the world. And just for the record, I want you both, I want you both to know that I think a hell of a lot of you. Well, that's a little bit of a motivation. I want to throw that into you today and uh, wrap up with the following look. What we do here, it's better because it's simple and works. I can't tell you enough and how many times that you want to do business with fixed cost financial. Okay, you just do. And so what we've done is put together, I think, a really cool podcast. This is not some janky little thing that uh, somebody put together on their iPhone or on their laptop. This is a professional studio quality podcast, and we've put a lot of time and effort into this over the years. 
I cannot tell you how many podcasts I've recorded and audios and videos for clients and others. And the bottom line is we care. I mean, we really, really care about the way we do business. So it's all about getting started. You've got to get started. And like Kevin Costner said, listen, the years pass and before you know it, it's all over with. Don't do that. Life is a whole lot better with money than without money. So let's get started. It's better, it's simple, and it works. That's all there is to it.